You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. God here today uh, as we transition this service once more. I'm going to be speaking to you on this topic. Can you keep a secret? Turn to your neighbor and say, can you keep a secret? Amen. (laughs) We're going to find out, aren't we? Amen. Let's join our voices together in prayer one more time. God, we are so thankful here today for your goodness and your grace that have met us here. God, we thank you for your presence, which is immeasurable. We are so thankful that it guides us and leads us as only you direct. We pray today that you would just let your presence speak to our heart. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. How many love a good secret? There, there is just something... There's just something about hearing the word secret that perks up our ears. Like, wow, secret. Grabs our attention. As we began tearing out the old sound booth this past week, I watched as people came in on Wednesday. We had everything just down on the floor. It had all been taken out, and people were coming over asking, what's going on? What's the scoop? What's the deal? And I started telling people, well, somebody, somebody stole our floor. And uh, they left all the equipment, but they stole the floor. So this is what we have to work with here. Uh, but luckily, they brought it back a little bit taller, so we're doing okay. And now there's some renovations that are happening, and we've been sure to post that around the building as well, just so you're aware. But there's just something so intriguing, isn't there, about being the only other person in the whole wide world to know the details about something that is hard for most of us to resist, We want to know all the juicy details. Tell me everything I need to know. Benjamin Franklin, he once said these words, three may keep a secret if two of them are dead. I am sure we all have that one family member or that one friend we know whenever a secret needs to be kept, make sure you don't tell them. Don't name any names. We don't need you to tattletale on them or anything like that, but there are some that are just not that good at keeping secrets. More than likely, someone will let the cat out of the bag, especially if the secret is astonishing. And yet, how many of us have been caught saying, can you keep a secret? Maybe it was something that you were trying to conceal, maybe something like a pregnancy that you were trying to keep as a surprise until you were ready to reveal it. But somehow... Aunt Kathy knows about it, but don't worry. She's the only person I told. Well, her and your Uncle Frank. But, but they won't tell anyone. <laughs> the Duke of Wellington is best remembered as the general who defeated Napoleon at Waterloo in 1815. And during his earlier service in India, Wellington, he was in charge of negotiations after the battle. The emissary of an Indian ruler, he was anxious to know what territories would be ceded to his master. And he tried a number of different ways to try to find out the details. 
had to know what the information is, the down low. And finally, he offered Wellington a large amount of money. And uh, Wellington said, can you keep a secret? Yes, indeed, the man said eagerly. Wellington replied, so can I. And when the kids were little, they watched a show called Peppa Pig. You might not have heard of it if you're not a kid. You might not know. But all the young people probably know what I'm talking about. And there's one of the episodes that I clearly remember. Well, there's a couple. But this one in particular. Peppa, she goes over to one of her friend's house. And she has a secret hideout set up. And the friend asks Peppa if she can keep a secret. And then she tells her about this secret club. But no one else can know. And every time someone came along and asked Peppa what she was up to, she couldn't keep it in. She would blurt out, ah, ah, secret club. And before the end of the episode, everyone knew about the secret club. Before I get into my message too far here, I do have some instructions for our volunteers this morning. Can I get the ushers to please make sure that all the windows are sealed tight? We don't want any sound to seep out to the outside world. Make sure that all the doors are shut, if we can shut the doors. We don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Production team, can you just turn the sound down a little bit to make sure that my words do not get out? Can everyone still hear me? Okay. I need to tell you something. Come a little closer. There's a secret that I've just been dying to tell you. There's something that I've been keeping a secret, and so far my secret has been kept safe. But I need to ask everyone else here today, can you keep a secret? Everybody's going to tell me yes anyways, aren't you? Okay, all right, I'm ready. The secret is, oh, I, I don't know if I should tell you. Okay, but you've got to promise me that you're not going to tell anyone. All right? Can we do this? All right, here it goes. The secret is, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. Somebody say abide. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah, you heard me right. There is still a secret place. There is still a peace in the midst of the storm. There is still a refuge that we can run to and be safe. Amen. David, the one that penned these words, he knew what it was like to be on the run as a fugitive, not from justice, but from a jealous and ungodly king. And as the jealousy of King Saul continued to burn hotter and hotter, David, he had to continually be on the move or risk his life being taken. And no doubt there were many places that David had designated as secret places. Deep in the wilderness areas, in caves and in mountains where he could go and feel some sense of protection from the fury of Saul. But nothing, hear me this morning, nothing would make him feel safer than the very presence of God. When he learned that he could abide. Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We can still take comfort in the fact that God can and God will protect His people. And although we do not understand all the whys of life, we also do not know how many times we were protected from things that He's protected us from. 
His protection is there every day and in every way. Can somebody praise him that he's never failed you? Can somebody praise him that he's always sheltered you? All right. It's a secret. We can't get too loud about it or others might find out. And if too many find out about it, our secret hiding place will be found. So we've got to make sure that it just stays within these four walls. Because if too many people find out about it, it won't be a secret anymore. David, he also wrote in Psalm 27, verse 5, he said, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. In those days when a battle was going on and camp was being set up, the tent in the very middle of the troops was often the tent of the commander or the captain of the army. If the enemy was going to get at the king, if the enemy was going to get at the captain, they would have to break through rank after rank after rank of the encamped army before they could get near the middle. And David, he recognized that even though we are in the middle of it sometimes, that's the perfect place to be because that's when, that's where the king, that's where the commander of heaven's army is. The king of kings, the lord of lords is in the middle of this battle called life with you. You're not facing it alone. He's there with you. The secret place in the middle of the army was so inaccessible by the enemy that nearly the whole army would have to be wiped out before reaching the middle of the camp. When life comes tearing at you, stay in the middle. When things get turned upside down and this way and that way, stay in the middle. The secret place means abiding, staying with the commander of heaven's armies. God has an army of angels encamped around his people. David said in Psalm 27 verse 1, he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell. Somebody say dwell. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me. Oh, somebody praise him right now. He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Let me tell somebody here this morning, he will hide you. He will hide you. But as we read this passage, we must come to the conclusion that there is a greater meaning being conveyed here, and that is the most holy place, the tabernacle. You see, when God gave the instruction to Moses to develop the tabernacle, he put into place a specific point in this tabernacle called the Holy of Holies that only the high priest that was elected by God could go in one time per year and offer up sacrifice on behalf of the entire people of God. That place where only once a year the high priest would come, he would offer the atonement, the blood of atonement for the sins of the people. 
the sacred chamber was not a place for anyone to just walk into. It was a place that was to be treated with the highest of honor and respect. And in fact, the high priest, he was the only one allowed to enter. And so this chamber was a place where the footsteps of sinful man were heard only once a year. And it also spoke volumes in its silence of the separation that existed between a holy God and a sinful people. David had a desire to be near the heart of God. But this leads to a question that must be answered. How do we dwell there? How do we dwell where God is? Literally no one ever dwelt there up to that point. And we must look at what David is saying in a spiritual sense because he knew that there was no way he was going to go and live in the most holy place. However, however, we do know that the whole house of Israel entered the most holy place in the person of the priest who went in once a year to put that blood upon the mercy seat. This was their representative into the holy place. And while they went on about their lives throughout the year, they always knew that the blood of the sacrifice had been poured out onto that mercy seat. And in a sense, they were under the shadow of the Almighty. The priest became their representative in the holy place and was literally under the shadow of the Most High when he went in to offer the blood. We must also recognize today that Jesus Christ entered into the holy place, not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with his perfect sinless blood. And this blood was to not just cover over, but would take away the sins of the world once for all. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. It said, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption for us the only reason why we can enter into the secret place with jesus in the first place isn't because of anything that we've done but it's because of everything that he's done it's because of his blood and without the blood there is no abiding hallelujah it is that same blood that keeps us come on somebody it's that same blood that promises us a dwelling place in the presence of god Without the blood, there is no dwelling. Without the blood, there can be no secret place. This psalmist, he opens with the words, he who dwells in the secret place. It's a key phrase, but what does it mean to dwell, to abide? It means to set up house, to move in, to stay permanently, to sit down, to remain, to settle. And whoever abides has the choice has made the choice to live forever in God. All the promises of this psalm hinge on this first phrase. Dwelling is not an option. Dwelling is a must if we want to experience the benefits that David listed in Psalm 91. Anyone that's been there knows his protection, knows his comfort, knows his care. Hallelujah. That's where he meets us and gives us guidance and shows us his will. We are his dwelling place, and he is ours. And when we turn over to the New Testament, and the Messiah has come, he offers up these promises to us once again. You see, it's always been his objective, his desire, for us to abide in him and for him to abide in us. 
He said in John chapter 15, verse 4, Abide in me. These are the words of Jesus. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, listen to what happens. If we decide to abide, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Notice how many times he tells us to abide in him or allow him to abide in us. And so to abide then is to be permanently stayed under God's instruction and authority as he directs us. God not only with us, but God in us. To abide is covenantal language. The promise of the Abrahamic covenant, which fills, finds its fullest expression in the new covenant, is that I will be a God to you and you will be my people. And from these scriptures and throughout the word of God, we can see that relationship is very important to God. Looking back to Exodus of the Israelites, we find that God regulated their desert with the cloud by day and the pillar, pillar of fire by night. The Israelites, they abided with God and they, he regulated their environment, so to speak. How many times has God not been there and done that for you? How many times has God not come to you in a season that has been dry like a desert and has protected us? Maybe even times that we don't know about. And so where is the safest place in the world? Is it Fort Knox? Or is it in God? When the enemy attacks us, we are to hide under God's wing. God is our refuge, our fortress, our strong place. When difficulties arise, what do we do? We don't run and hide. We abide. Worship is an incredibly, it's an incredibly powerful weapon. And as we worship the Lord in the secret place, dwelling in his presence, we will experience his peace and rest and guidance. And so to the one who does abide in the Lord, he gives them promise after promise. And David, he begins listing them in Psalm 91. He says, God says this, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him, and I will show him my salvation. This is what David says, promise after promise, that we can claim if we can just learn to do the thing that he mentioned first, to abide. And he speaks one word. The Lord speaks one word, and the enemy scatters around us. He's the burning bush giving a runaway his calling. He's the one Hagar called the God who sees me. And you can hide yourself in him. But shh, it's a secret. Can you only imagine what would happen if people found out? Can you only imagine what the world would do if they knew? Our altar would be full of people seeking refuge. 
There will be a line leading up to the baptismal tank for people to experience what we are experiencing here this morning. The weight of sin being washed away. How many has experienced that before? Hallelujah. Our church wouldn't be able to contain all the people who wanted to have his presence in their lives. And they would find out our secret hiding place. It's in his presence. In his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Our city would be turned upside down. We still serve a God who is a personal God who meets with each and every one of us and desires to have a relationship with us. And yes, he is still capable of running the vast, immeasurable universe he created, but all the while when we, his people, his special creation, ask him for help in the the daily operation of our lives, guess what? He's there. He's there. That's why we are able to say, he's my God. He's my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. God is our refuge. The writer's faith in the almighty God as protector would carry him through all the dangers and fears of his life. And every time that he found himself in a circumstance that was out of his own control, where would he run to? But to the Lord. God's word has not changed. He was faithful then and he will be faithful now. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still the same God today that he was when the writer of Psalm penned the words, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. David, he also wrote these words in Psalm 32, verse 7. He says, You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Hallelujah. If I could have the music come back at this time, I'm going to swing this thing into a close. My son Levi, he was asking me what my sermon was about for today when I was putting it together. And I, I told him, can you keep a secret? And he, his ears perked up and he's like, yeah. And he leans in real close as if I'm going to tell him some sort of secret. And I say, that's the title of my message. So what's the secret? What's the secret? Not only does God want you to abide in him, he wants to abide in you. He wants to make your heart his home. He wants to be yours, and he wants you to be his. The journey to the secret place begins when a person chooses to trust God in every situation of life as their refuge and their protector, and let him meet all their needs. Access to the secret place. There's no special code. There's no special keypad that you have to know the code to. It is simply by talking to him through worship and learning to just stay in his presence, not wanting to rush out the door, but just dwell there. Dwell there. Our continual choice to surrender ourselves fully to Him results in us giving Him the strength to do so. And if our lives are to bear lasting fruit of the Spirit, the power to carry it comes from time spent with Him in the secret place. 
John chapter 15, verse 4, I'll read it to you again. Listen to the words of Jesus one more time. Abide in me. As he spoke to the crowd that day, this is what he began to say to them. We could all stand. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. You can't do this thing called life on your own. I'm sorry to tell you, you can't. As much as you try, and as much as you try to muster up the strength to do this thing on your own, you'll fail unless you abide. Neither can you, he says. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The Almighty who created the intricate universe with all of its galaxies that no one can measure longs to know you, yes, you, intimately. And he died to prove it. So I have a question for you here this morning. Can you keep this secret? Can you keep it to yourself that God is peace and that God is love and that God has been your joy and God is your refuge? I know you can't. He's been too good. I know you can't keep this secret. And now that the secret is out, you can't live as though you don't. It changes the way you worship. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way that you live. It changes the way that you believe. And for those who didn't know this morning, He wants you to come closer. There's a secret that He's died to tell you. For those that have come searching, your search is over. For those who need saving, He's your Savior. For those who need that hiding place, He's your refuge. And He wants you to come and live inside of your heart here this morning. He wants to be your secret place. I'm going to open up these altars here this morning as we begin to sing His praises. And I'm inviting everybody to come. Not forcing anybody. Not calling you out from your seat. But I'm inviting you. If you want to be closer to God, if you want God to come and dwell in your life, if it's just been an occasional visit that God has had with you, that every now and again when you face trouble, you pick up the word again and say, well, maybe I do need to read this a little bit more. Every time you face trouble, it's only then that you turn to God and begin to, to reach out to Him and Him reach out to you. I want you to know here this morning, He wants to abide he wants to live in you. And He wants you to live in Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.